0: Hey everybody welcome back to the bootleg bar this is my bootleg side podcast to the xp bar it's me tucker in the studio and uh bev is back of course say hello bev hello tucker great to be here bev we weren't gonna do the text-to-speech thing remember sorry thank you okay and what i'm gonna do in this episode is i have four games in front of me and what i'm gonna try to do is run through the plots of these games, having done no prior research, I'm going to try to do it from my mind. I haven't played any of these games at a minimum in about five years. I think it's going to go really well. Spoilers ahead, but not real spoilers, just spoilers from my brain, and maybe some real spoilers. So, I'm going to start with Ocarina of Time. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time took the series forward into 3D, and here is what happens in that game. So, there's this big tree, right, and it's got a big human face on it, and it's like the guardian of this forest. And within this forest are a bunch of little children, and they never grow up, and they have these little fairies. But there's one child in this magical fairy forest who does not have a fairy. And he has bad dreams. And what the big tree man does is he sends the little fairy Navi to go be his fairy and bring him to the tree. So the little fairy goes and then it finds Link. And Link is this child and you play as Link and you have to get a sword and a shield. And once you do that, you're able to go and you're kind of like the social pariah because you don't have a fairy. Everybody kind of looks down on you in this little forest society of small children who never age. And then you go to the tree. And the tree says, dude, I got something in me. You got to go kill it. So you go through this tree, right? And it's all like, it's awesome and atmospheric. And it's like. You go through. Okay. And you fight the boss at the base of this tree inside. Because his mouth opens up. His giant tree man face opens up. And then you go in, and it's like this entire dungeon is happening inside this tree, which is crazy. But anyway, you fight the boss at the bottom of the tree, and then you come back out through a magical portal, and he says, let me tell you a story. Because you've defeated the corruption inside him, but he's dying now for some reason. So he tells you, actually, Link, you are not a fairy child. You are a Hylian. I always pronounce it Hylian, but I guess it's Hylian. You are a Hylian, which is this race of like, not elves really, but it's kind of the, the, it's like the human equivalent of Lord of the Rings, I guess. They are just like the normal folk because you are in Hylia or whatever. Anyway, so you're not a fairy child. Your mother dropped you there because flames, flames on the side of my face burning. And there's this whole cutscene where that happens. Okay. And then he's like, you need to go out and get these three stones there's a fire stone a grass stone and a water stone and it gives you the grass stone because you have defeated the dungeon and it is a video game you're one for three he sends you out into the world and there's this very touching moment between you and your girlfriend prospective girlfriend um where she gives you a little ocarina and she's like i'm gonna teach you a song and then you go out into the world and you're in this big very advanced for the time, open world environment. And there's this owl and he says, hello, Link, let me explain a lot of things about the gameplay. And then that happens. And then you're kind of free to explore. But he kind of points you at the castle. So you head off to Castle Town, which is the town around the castle. And when you get there, you meet up with Princess Zelda. And Princess Zelda's like, Link, come over here. Check this out. And you look through this window and you see Ganon. And he is an evil man. And she's like, he is gonna try to take over this kingdom. Link, let's stop him. We are seven years old. We have the power. And then uh something, something, something. She teaches you her lullaby, and then you have to go and help the rock people, and that's how you get the fire stone, and you help the fish people. And that's how you get the fish stone, and when you have all three stones, you go into the Temple of Time, Hmm? and you put them on this pedestal, and then this big door opens. And this is the point of the game where I lose the plot, because what happens is, in the middle, there's a stone, and there's a sword coming out of the stone, in this sealed off kind of room inside this temple. And you pull the sword out of the stone. It's very dramatic. And then things go sideways. Things go David Lynch on you. And Ganon shows up in the middle of this white void. I should say at some point you got this magical time ocarina. But anyway, you're in the middle of this white void. And Ganon is there in this very dreamlike sequence. And he's like, stupid kid. You made this so easy for me. And then you wake up seven years later. And you are teenage post-pubescent Link. And, uh... Something, there's a thing that's happening within this span of time that does not make any sense to me. Um, They seal you away so that you will be an adult, so you can fight effectively against Ganon, but that allows Ganon to have taken over seven years prior because he takes over immediately because there's something in this room beyond, I guess, just the sword, some kind of abstract thing that he then has control over and allows him to take over. So when you emerge seven years later, it's this very dilapidated kind of post-apocalyptic version of this environment because evil has taken over and the castle's all evil. You can't even get in the castle because you need the rainbow bridge, which you don't have yet. So you have to go around and get these seven stones. It's a video game plot. Um, but each one is like a medallion from a spirit. Each temple, there's seven temples. Each one has a guardian spirit. And a lot of the time these guardian spirits are people you have met along the way, which is cool. But, uh, there's this thing where you can put the sword back in the stone and then you can jump backwards in time to when you were a kid to, I guess, like, see, it doesn't make any sense to me because the thing is already open, but you're jumping back in time to the moment you pulled the sword out. And then when you jump back in time, it's just back in there. So it's like you haven't jumped forward yet. So I don't understand what Ganon was, you know, getting out of this whole equation. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, you do a video game thing, and then at the end, you fight Ganon and and then this mysterious ninja character, who has been teaching you songs that allow you to magically transport through space and time. She's like, "Psych, I'm actually Zelda," which is crazy. And then you fight Ganon. With Zelda, and it's awesome, and he transforms into a giant pig beast, and then you destroy him once more, and then the game's over, and that's the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina a Time. Um, and then I guess based on whether Link dies or whatever, the timeline splits, and then you have Majora's Mask, which takes place if he was never an adult, like he he resentenced that whole thing afterwards. Which doesn't make a lot of sense, because it's happening in the future. But anyway, you come back, and then he's like, I'm peace, I'm going to go explore. And then you go looking for Na'vi, possibly. And that's the events of Majora's Mask. Or it splits elsewhere, and then you have, like, Wind Waker, or however you want to look at it. But that's the Ocarina of Time. Bev, did you ever play the Ocarina of Time? Blink twice, if yes. Oh, you should. Um, okay, the next game is... Bioshock Infinite. This one's going to be kind of a doozy. I played this when it came out, which was like 12 years ago at this point. Um, But I'm going to give it my darndest. So you are Booker Johnson and you are a detective of time and you're in your office and it's all smoky. It's noir. It is 1957 and you are a detective. And then this woman comes to you in a very noir fashion, and she says, uh, maybe it's not a woman. At some point, somebody asks you to go to this flying city called Copperton, and you do... By rowboat, you take this rowboat, and there's these two twins, a male and a female, and they're like, Do You know what you're getting yourself into? And then they give you a thing that has a code to ring some bells at a lighthouse you're going to. So you take the boat to the lighthouse, you ring the bells, and then it's like, Okay, let's go. And then you go up to Copperton, which is a flying city, I should add, and you arrive. And then when you arrive, it's like this baptism, there's like all this religious imagery, and this guy is like, Welcome. And then I think you might kill him or not. And you emerge. And it's this very colonial, a lot of like Founding Father imagery, Flying City, um, very prosperous, it seems. Um, There's some small hints of unrest or uh, imbalance, like the rich have all the power and money. Big surprise there. And all the poor people don't. And then you go, you're like in sort of this uh, fair, like a world's fair type thing with a lot of like, the magic of science. And then you're kind of walking through this environment. And then you get up to this thing and there's like a mixed race couple. Ooh. And then they hand you a baseball. And then they're like, do it. Throw the baseball to kill this interracial couple. You don't throw the baseball and... Uh, The cops come over and they're like, why aren't you throwing the baseball? And then you have this like claw arm for some reason, like this uh, grappling hook claw arm, and you just dig it into this guy's face. This cop's face, I should add. This cop's face who didn't really do anything to you, but then all of a sudden the game becomes about killing everyone. So you take your claw arm and your pistol and you go around and you smack people in the face. And I guess at some point what you're trying to do is rescue this woman very progressive and she's like this namsel in distress in this tower it's like very fairy book it's like drawing a lot of inspiration and then you are kind of swinging around getting to this tower and then you meet up with elizabeth who you are trying to rescue and it turns out elizabeth has time powers or she can open like slits in time fat slits in the time space continuum and then like stuff will come out or something and it's like whoa and they have like this machinery built to kind of temper that power so she couldn't escape but then you help her escape and you're being tailed by this giant bird robot named Claxor. and Claxor is kind of her guardian because it's like protecting her but it also wants to kill you because you're trying to help her escape such and such that doesn't go anywhere and then from that point in the game you're trying to do something because there is this this entity this leader this like uh like a spiritual and also intellectual leader, but also political, I think. Um, and he is hunting you, I guess he wants everybody to kill you or such and such, because he's trying to use Elizabeth for some nefarious reason. We'll assume. Um, and then there's this whole part where you are helping this band of, it's not even a band. It's like this entire class of people, kind of the downtrodden and it's drawing from like, this is the time period. So it's all going to be like, uh, There's like it's kind of it's like digging in a little bit on like even like the like Irish racism towards like Irish and Italian people of the time period but also like blacks and it's like okay let's help these people and that gets into this thing which is almost is like the Ganondorf thing where I don't understand what's happening where they're like we're gonna go get all these weapons for these people And then you go to get the weapons, but you can't for some reason. But then Elizabeth's like, I'll open a tear, and then we can get the guns from a different dimension. So you do that, and in the process of that, you realize that if somebody dies in a different dimension, then they're like a zombie in the original dimension, which doesn't make any sense because one would assume with infinite dimensions there would always be a dimension where somebody's dead. Uh, Let's not think about that too much. But then they get all the guns, and it's like, What are we doing, Elizabeth? We can't get all these guns back to the people. So it's like, why was this entire three-chunk part of this game in here? But anyway, at some point, somebody plays a guitar. And then from that point on, the game kind of goes down the rabbit hole of nonsense where you are fighting Elizabeth's mother, who is a ghost. And this might be due to interdimensionality. Perhaps. We don't know. But anyway, you're working through, you're working through, and then you get to this asylum and what happens here is as you arrive at the asylum there's actually a time skip that you're unaware of where elizabeth has already become a woman and she's like taking over the world there's a scene of her in new york and this is zeppelin and she's like why didn't you stop this because i guess she doesn't want to do it but she does she's evil or she is not evil but her powers allow her to do this and for some reason she does such and such and such you escape from the asylum you meet up with Elizabeth again um and then you realize through the course of this that Elizabeth is actually your daughter who was stolen from you through the dimensions god this game is stupid um her pinky came off as a through the course of these events and then you don't know it's her cuz she was a baby but she doesn't have her pinky uh something something sure and then you murder the bad guy who is actually you Because the portals, he's like you from the future in a different dimension or something. Um, Yada, yada, yada. You fight some bad guys. And then at the end of the game, you are in a river with all of the Elizabeths from every dimension, which is represented by about 10 Elizabeth, I guess, because they can't show you infinite elizabeth because at some point elizabeth just starts walking you through stuff and explaining stuff because she's become like the star child at the end of 2001 where she just is in control of the universe and there's a billion lighthouses because it's a metaphor and then she Drowns you they all drown you Because I guess they are killing you in every dimension uh, Which kind of goes against the whole point of multiple dimensions um, and then they all disappear all the Elizabeth's disappear, but then there's DLC where there's other Elizabeth's so the point of the game is uh, Dimensions are cool um, And then and then they're making another one and that's Bioshock infinite Whoo Okay, Bev, let's uh, let's take a small break um, If you could play the break music and I'll come back with my last few games Okay, Half-Life 2. So at the end of Half-Life 1, you went to Zen and you killed the Nihilinth, which was this giant baby fetus with a brain that you had to like jump into its head and it had a brain and you had to shoot the brain. And then the G-Man is like, hold up. And he asks for your help. And you can make a choice in that moment, but there's only one canonical choice because the other choice is you die. Um, And he freezes you in time, basically. And then you're doing like a seven year time skip. I forget exactly how many years it is. I think it actually might be more than that. Um, and then you will merge and you're on a train. You ended Half-Life 1 on a train, you start Half-Life 2 on a train, but it's a different train, and he says, Wake up, Mr. Friedman, i And then you are in City 17, which is this awesome Eastern European influenced, like uh children of men esque future city run by the combine, which is you come to find out if you go digging on the wiki is um this kind of like galaxy wide or intergalaxy wide um coalition of aliens that kind of go to a planet, sap its resources, integrate the population into itself so that it can take over because the organisms on the planet would be the best at taking over that planet. So it kind of they do a lot of like uh genetic manipulation or like mind control type stuff. Anyway, so you are Gordon Freeman, you are a scientist, but you are also like the savior of the universe, I guess, because the G-Man, a mysterious figure, has kind of uh enlisted your help in this cause. So you merge out and there's a lot of like scene setting and what you find out is that there was like this seven-hour war that happened at some point while you were in stasis where the combine were able to find or get to earth due to your actions in the first game and just completely decimated earth so this breen guy dr breen who's actually your boss from the first game he um is able to talk to the aliens and he's able to say look uh we'll put me in charge don't destroy us but let us keep living, but basically the Combine have taken over. Like, they got everything out of the deal, but Breen was able to establish himself in some position of power within this new government, and now he kind of controls Earth, but Earth is being destroyed um, and taken over by the Combine. And, like, they are taking all the water out of the ocean, so all the ocean levels are really low, (laughs) And maybe we could something around here. And then, uh, yes, he's like the bad guy. So... You are kind of making your way to a scientist from the first game to enlist his help, and along the way, you meet Alex, who is the star of everyone's favorite Half-Life VR experience, Half-Life Alex, in store soon, and she has this giant robot dog named Dog, which is awesome, and her dad is a scientist from the first game, and you are meeting up with another scientist, and he's working on this portal technology, and that does like wacky portal hijinks, not portal the game, but like dimensional portals, blah, 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 uh, head crabs, And then you, and I'm not really sure where the plot goes. So you have to go through Ravenclaw, Ravenholm, which is the spooky. This is what this game is level where you can use your gravity gun, which is a gun that shoots things that like pick stuff up and it goes and then you shoot stuff, which was like mind-blowing at the time. You use that to pick up saw blades and shoot them at zombies. And that's that entire hour of the game. And then you come out of that and you are working your way towards this prison um, because in this prison is something you need, let's say. And so a lot of the middle of the game is you going along this coastline, which is awesome. Half-Life 2 is really good, but you, you're you going along this coast and you get to this prison and you have to perhaps break somebody out. It's been a really long time since I played this uh, in this prison, such and such and such. And then you do that and then you are coming back into City 17 and leading this kind of populist uprising of the people who have been downtrodden and like they can't have kids anymore. There hasn't been a kid born since the Seven Hour War because they have stuff in the water, and, like, it's bad. Like, society isn't on the brink of, like, not existing anymore. But you lead all these people in this big uprising, and then you break into the Citadel, which is, like, their big... The Combine's, like, central hub in the city, and I guess possibly for the entire world. And then you get this souped-up gravity gun that can pick up people and shoot them at people, dude. It's like the Force Unleashed Zero. It's sick. And you're going up... And then you toss a grenade in the big grenade shoot or something, and then it's like, time stops, whoa! And then the G-Man comes out, and he's like, good, good. And then the game ends, because it sucks, because it's a cliffhanger, and then they have a couple more episodes after that, which don't really finish that story, and now we have a prequel coming out, which isn't going to finish that story, and that's Half-Life 2, which is a great game. Whew. I'm going to take a drink of water. Woo. Bev play a funny clip I like from the internet. Yeah. Gyal-san-gan. Go, 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 go. go. Thank you, Bev. Okay, final game. Metal Gear Solid 2. Spoilers ahead. So, this is maybe the game I've played the least recently, but I'm going to really try this is like my favorite game. You are Solid Snake. This is after Shadow Moses. Shadow Moses was the events of the first game in Alaska. You are back here in New York City. And there is a tanker. And it is transporting Metal Gear Rays. Let's say. Which are like the new... Because at some point the plans for Metal Gear got put on the internet basically. And everyone had access to it. Which is this whole thing. But there's this tanker. And it's got a ton of let's say, or it's got at least one Metal Gear ray on it. So you have this sick invisibility cloak, and you're on the bridge smoking in the rain. It's so cool. And then you do your ninja flip. You are Solid Snake, and you flip onto the tanker in the dead of night. And Otacon's like, oh, we got the gang back together. Let's do this snake. This is going to be awesome. And then you're doing some classic Metal Gear action. And there's this whole thing going on below decks where they're talking to all these army people and they're like this is the future of warfare this is very important blah 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 and you're taking pictures of it and then liquid shows up Mm, nope not liquid. well sort of it's okay it's revolver ocelot shows up but his are we at the hypnosis arm yet let's assume yes his arm is liquid's arm And Liquid has taken over his mind via his arm. So Revolver Ocelot lost an arm, put Liquid's arm where his arm would be, and now Liquid is in control of Revolver. So Liquid, theoretically, is the one taking over. And he sinks the tanker, gets away in the ray, and it's like, oh crap. Is Snake dead? Aw, crap. The ray is out there in the wild, and the bad guy has it. Shoot, and it's like, time skip. (laughs) And then it's got this scene that is very reminiscent of the first game where you're swimming through and then you cut like a hole in the fence, and then you're on this oil rig, uh, which is like this hexagon or octagon, I guess, of these struts. And it's out in the middle of nowhere, it's out in the ocean. And uh you are sent in because terrorists have taken over this oil rig. And it's uh it's not really an oil rig the way you would picture it, it's just very like metal gear solid like uh, it looks like a Metal Gear Solid oil rig. It doesn't have like the big derrick in the middle or anything. Anyway, so you are sent in because this group of terrorists, and they're they're not just like they are like just generic terrorists, but they're also like Metal Gear terrorists. Where one is a vampire and one is this bomb expert named Fat Man and that rolls around on rollerblades, and then you have uh Fantasia or whatever, and she can't die because bullets like curve around her because she's like the luckiest woman or something. It's awesome. And then you arrive and you're like, uh, you're talking to Rose. I think Rose is your handler and she is your girlfriend. And you're also dealing with the Colonel from the first game. And he's kind of leading this expedition and you meet up with this bomb expert and he's like, blah, 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 blah. There's these bombs on the struts. And then you have to go around and listen for the beeping and spray them with your freezy foam. And you do that. You, you, uh, Let me know all the bombs, and there's these like these Russians, I guess. Let's say the Russians. I don't know, and they're also on, and they're like the enemy force. But anyway, that all happens. But then there was like another bomb because you you fight Fat Man on top of one of the struts, and he's like, "You fool! I have another bomb." Click, one of the struts is destroyed, Um, and then hmm. I think at that point you have to rescue Otakon's younger sister because they send in this guy named, oh, it's so stupid. What do they call him? It's like Cherokee or something. Anyway, it's Solid Snake and he's coming in, but you don't know what Solid Snake. But then your guy, because you're playing as Raiden, I should mention, which is not Solid Snake. You are a child soldier named Raiden and you have come in, but now you're a man. And uh, Rose is your girlfriend and you're, you're the man. Um, you go in. Cherokee is there. He's doing his thing. It's uh, Plissken? It's not Plissken. Maybe it's Plissken. Anyway, Snake is there and he has a different name. You have to go rescue Otacon's sister Uh, because she is like a computer expert and she can do something you need her to do, but you have to do this whole terrible section where you're swimming through this strut that God destroyed because now it's in the water. And then Otacon is like is Atacan a factor here? I feel like he is. Oh, I totally forgot the part where you use the microphone to find the guy at the pacemaker, which is sick, dude. Um You rescue Ooh Atakon's sister, whatever her name is, you swim through and Aticon's like, I had a swimming pool in my backyard and when when she was young, she almost drowned, and I couldn't save her. And then Atakan starts crying because that's what he does in these games. But anyway, and then the vamp kills Atakan's sister, which is crazy. And then uh, the president grabs you by the crotch, and he's like, "You're a man." And then he dies. Let's say. And I think he was like the nuclear football or something. Like if he died, or he was the only one who could do something with the access codes because of his like his his pay his heartbeat or something was like the genetic code that it's stupid um such and such and such and then you find out that the president has like dr octopus arms and is liquid and solid snake put together and he is liquidus snake or something and you fight him on a harrier jet which is sick um such and such that happens And then I'm just trying to get to the part where everything goes crazy because you figure out through this really wonky segment that is awesome, which is like one of my favorite segments in any video game. uh, The oil rig you're on is actually a Metal Gear and you're all, it's like you're living inside a simulation or this is a simulation of a, of this scenario. It's like a training scenario or something. It's been so long. But basically the idea is this isn't actually happening because the colonel starts talking about scissors and the Kiri rock. And then he has a skull for a face. And then you're naked. And you're running around this giant Metal Gear fighting people. And then Snake is there. And he's like, I'm Snake. And then he starts shooting people. And then you're just on like this platform in this void. And there's Metal Gears. And they're just like... Tch, tch, and you fight like 800 Metal Gears at once. And then... stuff. <laughs> it's it's just bonkers at some point you're like uh on this metal gear and it's like crashing into new york city and then you're fighting the president who is also solid and liquid snakes dna fused into one man and he's got a samurai sword and then you're fighting on top of like this crashed metal gear in like downtown new york and then you take your dog takes and you throw them away because you don't need them and that's metal gear solid too And those are the plots of four video games. Thanks, Beb, for sitting in on this one. I really appreciated your uh, input there. How's your sister? Interesting. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and I'll be back with more Booleg XP Bar content, probably, at some point in the future.